Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. I am Troy Shockley, and this is the Coffee Break Podcast. Thanks for joining our chat today. Coffee Break brought to you by Cochrane Insurance. On the phone with us today, Helena Public School Superintendent Tyler Ream. Tyler, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? You know, I'm I'm hanging in there. It felt like uh, last week was really long coming back after the Thanksgiving holiday. Just it it felt. I don't know. I th- I think I got used to not having to be in the office. <laughs> we got in 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 education. We always either have three or four, and this is a three year. This is the the a three week between Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and the holiday uh, winter break. So. Um, yeah, so we're we're kind of we're not at the midway point. I, I won't tempt fate, but uh, we're getting close. <laughs> Almost there. Well, I mean, we we are of course coming off though the uh, the high schools here in town haven't been closed for a couple of weeks. We talked about that, of course, but uh, could you revisit that a little bit? Just let folks know what what went into that decision and why you went the way you did. Yeah, it was something that unfortunately we could see coming for a few weeks. We could just see the, you know, our ability to minimally staff and I use the word minimally staff and as a parent I, I imagine that word doesn't resonate exceptionally well with them but uh, making sure that at minimum we've got an employee whether that is a teacher whether that's a, a para an administrator a substitute in every single one of our classes now the teacher might be teaching from a remote location they might be home they might be quarantined, they might be taking care of somebody, but they might be teaching from a remote location. The students might be physically in school, but we'd still have to have somebody in every single one of those classrooms. And when we start crossing the threshold where that becomes a challenge and, and we can't you know, get somebody into every single one of those classrooms, then we've got a problem. That's when we are no longer minimally staffed. And so we could see our numbers ticking up. We've, got a, we've developed some multipliers. Um, week by week, unfortunately, that, that say, okay, if this is how many quarantines we have this week, this is how many quarantines or absences we can expect next week. And when presented with those numbers, I looked at them and said, clearly, especially that first Monday and Tuesday before Thanksgiving, we were not going to be able to minimally staff in any regard. Um, and, and it was questionable as to the following week. So when I went ahead and made that decision, um, thankfully, by midweek last week, we were down in terms of our total number of quarantines. We, we, had, we had an all-time high of somewhere over 150 at one point in terms of our total mm-hmm. uh, number of employees that were on quarantine. Uh, we were down last week at one point into the 80s, which was great, and, and unfortunately, we ticked back up from there. Um, but staffing looks better. Um, I wouldn't say it looks great, but it, it, it certainly looks better right now and, and really, you know, focused on these two weeks with our students before the winter break. Yeah. And that you hit it. You, you know how to do this because my follow-up was going to, you know, I was going to ask about the numbers now in terms of staffing. So it sounds like, you know, like I said, I, I guess that wraps it up. Not great, but better. We, we've been, I mean, obviously tracking every single um, case associated with an employee, uh, with a student, anything that, that is reported to us, we report out on a daily basis on our website, um, it is interesting. There's definitely a parallel between the number of cases in our community and the number of cases that are impacting our students and our employees. Mm-hmm. And, and absences aren't just active cases. A lot of them are, you know, the active cases, but also quarantines associated with being a contact, um, 
taking care of somebody who uh, is either a contact or has had their school or daycare closed. That's impacted us, certainly. Uh, and then the final category is people who, again, just being responsible. They're waking up, they've got a sore throat. In the past, you roll with it. This year, you don't. And so they're being responsible and saying, listen, I don't feel great today. I'm going to go get tested, but I'm not going to expose anybody. And we've had situations where individuals have made that decision uh, then tested positive, and because they made a good decision, they ended up not um, exposing anybody in the school, and we're certainly thankful for that. Hello, Public School Superintendent Tyler Reem with us today. And when we talked before, you had said you were kind of teetering on the edge of closures. Of course, then we saw the two high schools. Um, where are we in terms of, I, I guess, how close are we to the the edge of another potential closure? I know that changes every day. Yeah, it does change every day. Um, I'm optimistic through, you know, that we, we keep everybody open and, and in this kind of phase one hybrid schedule that we've got uh, through the winter break, uh, I think the big question is we're just starting, I think, to see cases associated with, um, I wouldn't say just Thanksgiving, but just the five-day break mm -hmm. associated with Thanksgiving. The big question mark is what happens as a result of the holidays, over the holidays, et cetera. And, um, you know, I, I think anybody that, that has listened to prior interviews or anybody that, that may know me knows that I have great respect for and, and really do listen to um, our health officials, um, our health professionals in and around Helena. Uh, and when they say they're worried about cases uh, associated with the holidays, I listen. Um, and so I, I, the thing that makes me nervous is I don't know what we're headed back into um, after the winter break, right? But that's kind of been... That's the MO of, of 2020, 2021. We, we do the best with what we have when, when we encounter those situations. We can't accurately predict them, um, but we have to be able to deal with them when they arise. Yeah, it's an interesting uh, conversation because uh, to this point, health officials have said, you know what, the schools are not a source of uh, transmission. I mean, you guys are doing things right, but of course, you know, you've got coming up here a couple weeks that uh, kids are not going to be in those schools. Uh, have you had a discussion with public health about what that might mean? I mean, they, they live off of uh, uh, bar graphs and line graphs and predictions, and that's how they do their their thing. I mean, what do they expect in the schools? Uh, you know, I don't know that I've talked to a single one that, that expects cases to go down as a result, right? They're expecting cases to go up as a result of it's just really any shift in the norm, right? So the norm for us has been this hybrid schedule and, and so on and so forth, um, which we really have been able to keep, you know, transmission associated with schools uh, down, contacts um, down uh, significantly by comparison to kind of like school districts that might be using a different model. Um, but it's a shift from the norm to have two weeks off. And, um, and so, I mean, to kind of channel my, you know, uh, inner <laughs> health official, um, if everybody largely stays home and is really careful about wearing a mask and distancing, um, then we look pretty good going into uh, January. But if that's not the case and there's relatively large gatherings and, and people who are popping from house to house and New Year's um, is, a, is a big social event, then, then we've got problems. Uh, going into early to mid-January. Yeah. So I, I just, you know, listen to them carefully and, and again, prepare for that. 
Yeah, but uh, you know what you've been doing so far in terms of what you can control there in the school district uh, really has been a model of how to manage this thing in, in, in that kind of setting. Things have been going very well. Um, but in terms of staffing, that's something you can't necessarily completely control. And then, of course, the, the sub pool is, is low. That's an ongoing problem, not just here, but across Montana, across the country. You just don't have that many people to, to fill in the gaps. We don't, and I think we're fortunate in Helena. We have, um, you know, in, in times that are questionable, we have somewhat more uh, in terms of a stable economy just because of, of some of the factors associated with Helena. Um, that's, a, that's a good thing for our overall community. Um, strangely enough, you know, some of the times where I've experienced the best subpools um, as an educator is when the economy has been horrible uh, because people are... Um, unfortunately, out of a job and, and, and have the opportunity to substitute. Um, but you're right. It, it's not just something that has impacted us. It, it has impacted the entire state. It's impacted nearly every district across the entire state. And, and you know, even looking past and beyond Montana, uh, it's impacting any school district that's not in an entirely remote setting. Uh, right now, partly because a, a large pool of our substitutes are retirees, people who dedicated their career to children in the classroom, then retired and come back a few days a week. And that's not necessarily a group that's, um, that can substitute right now. I mean, each individual makes their own decision in that regard, but a lot of those individuals are over the age of 65 and, and, and just aren't, um, you know, wild about being out in the community uh, in general. Even though schools have a lot of built-in factors like the masking and the distancing, um, those folks are rightfully so being very careful. Yeah. Uh, Tyler, uh, before we head to break, I did uh, want to ask about sports. I mean, we, we got through a few seasons, Helena schools uh, representing very well, but have you gone over with uh, administration and staff just sort of how the seasons went operationally? Uh, and and I guess then that follow is, you know, what are we looking at for the upcoming stuff? We've got basketball and wrestling on tap now. Right. We, we have, right? So there's been, I feel like I've been involved in more, um, high school athletic associated meetings uh, just in the last month than I have in my entire life. Um, and, and part of that was to revisit the fall season and say what went well, what didn't go well. Uh, each district seemed to have their own particular challenges, and then there were some shared challenges as well. Uh, we were largely fortunate in terms of the health of our student athletes really right up until the end, and then we had some impacts associated with uh, volleyball and, and an impact associated with cross country um, towards the end of the season, but but we're fortunate um, all along. And, and again, I would say kudos to the student athletes, the parents and the coaches uh, for doing everything they can uh, to stay safe, stay healthy, and, and not to expose one another. Obviously, the nature of sports has you in closer proximity, um, has you in you know everyday practices. It's kind of hard to cohort in that regard, although I think our coaches do a really good job of trying. As we approach the winter, it's not lost on anybody that we've got wrestling, basketball, and swimming. Now, swimming um, is largely going to be time trial based, and so that, that's not going to put student athletes cross school in close proximity to one another. But basketball and wrestling certainly do. And, you know, uh, candidly, if you look at those two sports and think about 
you know, the risk associated with them, those are just about the two uh, most challenging sports that we've got coming up here. Um, those practices have already started, obviously open gyms and things like that were ongoing. Um, contests are slated to begin in January. That was the shift from NHSA to move that back. Um, I applaud that decision, um, but I'm still nervous about starting competitions um, right after we get back from the winter break. Again, not not knowing what we're going to be encountering, not knowing what those conditions are. And so it's something, again, we're going to have to actively monitor uh, as we work through that winter sports season. Tyler Ream with us on Coffee Break this morning. We do have to take a break. We'll go ahead and do it now. And then there's more to chat about coming up. I just wanted to step away from the show for a few seconds to tell you that if you miss an episode, you can always catch up. We're on iTunes, so find our show there or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Local and area events, city, state, and national officials, your neighbors doing incredible things. We talk to them all on Coffee Break, where Helena comes to talk. In today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, we deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across Montana. Ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com security. Are you still with us? I am here. All right. I'm here. I'm hanging in. <laughs> Well, we never know with our phone lines. It's uh, yeah, we're rolling the dice every morning. So uh, I, I appreciate <laughs> you. I appreciate you gambling with us. Um, we were talking this morning on the news about the free meals being made available to uh, to, to kids in the district throughout the, the the December throughout the winter break. That's really good news. It is, and and you know, kudos to uh, Sedexo uh, Robert Worthy who leads that team. They're a partner. Um, obviously, in, in serving those, preparing and serving those meals across our district. And his entire team, they're amazing. Um, and, and really, kudos to everybody at the state level and the federal level that are making these things possible. Um, really, since the beginning of the pandemic, everybody has pivoted according to, you know, kind of the conditions and doing whatever they can to ensure that that consistency remains. And I'm, I'm very pleased with that. That that helps a lot of families cover a basic necessity and, and kind of check one thing off from the worry list associated with the breaks or the holidays, et cetera. Yeah, those, uh, those folks have been working really hard, and I think uh, probably a bit behind the scenes, really. They're, they're in front of the scenes, behind the scenes at the same time. I think people forget sometimes uh, how much they have to put into it, but they've done an incredible job getting those things out. And, uh, you know, those meals are so important in general, but for some kids, just incredibly important. And I think that just one group of folks in the district working to make things work when nothing is anywhere close to as easy as it's been. Everything's harder. Everything's harder and, and they've done a good job. They've had to change everything from, you know, the prep to kind of what they serve. A lot of, uh, you know, wrapped things, pre-wrapped things, um, things that they, they, in the past, right. I mean, a lot of it has been scratch and scratch made and, and that's always been a value add, but you know, in a pandemic, it's a little different. And so, um, if you ever get a chance to tour the kitchen over at Capitol High School, um, you'd walk in and you'll say, where's the rest of it? Um, it? It's amazing what they do out of that tiny little space. Well, this I know, uh, you know, it, it's harder for everybody. And this has had to have been an exhausting year for you already. But 
it has to be something where you're also you've, you've got to be incredibly proud of how your people have pulled together and, and made this thing work. I am. I mean, I, I think I know that word hero gets tossed around and we see it on commercials, but I really do believe that our employees, our teachers, our parents, our administrators, bus drivers, uh, food service, custodians, anybody in facilities, I, I believe they're heroes. I believe that, you know, every single day they encounter a certain amount of fear that comes with walking outside of your door and putting yourself in into a situation that is different from, you know, the conditions of your house, obviously. And that takes a level of courage and, 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 and really being a hero, putting other people's needs in front. And um, our team has rallied in an incredible way. I think they've shown the utmost professionalism and, and why they became educators in the first place, why they dedicated their lives to being children. So I, I do think there's, they're heroes in this pandemic um, right alongside our amazing healthcare folks um, who who do the same every single day in terms of um, putting other people's needs squarely in the front. Well, and we were talking before the pandemic became the centerpiece of uh, everything uh, about the budget. And it's a weird world where budget talk is a relief, I think. But um, <laughs> where, where are we there? I mean, that certainly hasn't gone away. It hasn't gone away. It's probably gotten more complicated this year because um, – Last year was a weird year. We ended the year in the remote setting. Um, by no means did we want to do that, and, and or do we want to do that? Um, it, it changed, you know, from what we budgeted. Changed a little bit about last year, and then obviously this year we were given two packages associated with kind of stimulus funds. Um, one associated with um, it was federal, but then it came through the state, and they're the coronavirus relief funds, CRF funds. That was about $3.5 million for us. That really helped us out in this fall semester. It has a due date of December 30th, right? So our goal was to maximize that, not run out of funds too soon, but also not give anything back. And we've accomplished that. We are right at the edge of finishing out those funds, and we'll do so here in December. And then we still have the ESSER funds, which were allocated by the federal government that has a different due date on it. That has a, a September 2021 due date. So we put that behind the CRF funds so that we'd have this stair-step piece. Now, 1.3 is not going to get us through by any means. So we've got a way where we figured out our budget to say, okay, if we have overruns and we expect to have overruns, here's what it looks like. Obviously, anything that can be done at the federal level that helps keep us out of the red will be sincerely appreciated, um, certainly needed, but sincerely appreciated. And I think that's certainly, you know, in the works right now. Um, yeah. So um, I'm optimistic. It hasn't helped our budget, but because of those aspects, it hasn't necessarily hurt our budget either, and I'm appreciative of that. Right. So, so the same issues we were facing before and in, in long-term viability, they're kind of still there. They are still there, yeah. And, and we wrestle with that. Uh, we continue to wrestle with that in terms of, exactly what you said, long-term viability. Um, how do we make sure that we are fiscally solvent, that we're prioritizing uh, the needs of our classrooms? Um, and so that's something that we're engaged in. Um, and I think, you know, we didn't get into this condition overnight. It, it's been, you know, years in the making, and it will take, I think, careful work across many more years. I think we're at the beginning phase of that in the last two years. It's going to take several years for us 
Um, and then we've got you know the legislative session coming up, which always brings questions as to what what is going to happen across the next two years. And so while we have some long-term you know goals in terms of what we look at from a budget and being sustainable, et cetera, um, sometimes we don't always know the parameters until that legislative session uh, comes to fruition and some decisions are made. Tyler Ream with us this morning. He is the uh, Helena Public Schools superintendent, at least. Uh, and, and Well, I mean, can we have you until the, the pandemic is over, at least? I mean, can we? Man, put, I, I, I want to make sure that I'm we're okay. Through, yeah, June 30 is, is, is my last day as superintendent here in Helena, and I would really like for the pandemic to be over before then. <laughs> um, so let's, uh, let's aim to have it, you know, I, I think there's some um, – there's some good things on the horizon in terms of some optimistic news, and I am fortunate to be invited to be part of a uh, of a, a group uh, that is planning for the vaccines. Um, and certainly, we want to make sure that um, our educators, being frontline workers, are are part of that. And so, um, you know, there's there, this is going to be an interesting uh, winter and spring in terms of making progress in that regard. Yeah, well, and uh, as you say, you're you're with us till the end of the school year. Uh, do you have plans after that yet, Tyler? We, everybody wants to know what you're going to do. Yeah, I you know I appreciate that. I think my wife probably slid you a twenty dollar bill prior <laughs> just to ask that question. Um, well, you know, there's, I, there's a few teachers for... in town wanting to know too. I I think they want to make sure that it's <laughs> worth it. That you know, if we're going to lose him, he better be doing something great. Yeah, I, I am trying to figure out, I, I know it's not, the, you know, the superintendency, right? And so it, it, I'm trying to figure out what works best for my family, but what also fulfills this need to work um, for kids and families every single day and, and work alongside teachers. And so um, I'm exploring a few options, um, some things that have knocked on my door that I'm very thankful for. And um, I think we've got some decisions as a family that we're going to have to really consider here over the holiday break. So it's something that I'm looking forward to just slowing down long enough to be able to sit down with my wife and, and talk some things through and try to make some decisions here in the next couple months. Yeah. Well, and the district, of course, looking for your replacement. Um, who do you hope gets that position? I mean, I'm not asking you to name the guy, name, name the gal. I mean, no, we're, we're not asking for names, but you started something here and I, I know you care about what happens after you leave. I mean, is there a sort of general idea of who you think should be in this spot? For sure. Somebody who's really collaborative, right, who really prioritizes um, in any way possible listening uh, before they, they make decisions, uh, and somebody that makes those decisions that are in the best interest of kids, no matter how hard that might be and how, no matter how many, you know, adults you might make bad in the process, somebody who is singular and focused and says, is this right for kids? And so I'm optimistic. I think the board has done a terrific job uh, with the, the search firm HYA in terms of uh, getting the information out there, and they're really focused on making sure that they have the best possible candidates and make the best possible decision for the kids and families of Helena. Uh, and that date's coming up fast. I think the priority deadline for any candidate is like January 4th. So uh, anybody that's interested, um, it's not an easy process. They need to they need to get about a phone book's worth of documents together to, to apply. So they, they need to think about that really soon. Well, we've got about a minute left, Tyler, and I was kind of curious. I mean, I, I know you had Jack Cops kind of stick around and help you get settled in and, and uh, fill in some blanks that you might have had after you started. I mean, is that a possibility for you also? Yeah, I, I think there could be especially possibilities of, of us working together in the spring, depending on what the decision is and, and, and that person's proximity to Helena. And so I'm looking forward to that and 
serving them in whatever capacity I can to make this transition as easy for them as possible, professionally and personally. So um, I'm looking forward to, to the decision being made and, and having an opportunity to work alongside that. And then, you know, whether it's here in Helena or a phone call away, you're right, Jack Copps was a model for me, still is. I mean, he's a significant part of my life and a real um, mentor. And, and, and so um, he, even in this pandemic, is only a call away. He takes my call every single time, and I'm looking forward to doing that for the next person. Well, Tyler, I sure appreciate your time this morning. Uh, they only give me a half hour every day, and it's now up. So uh, I, I appreciate you coming on, and I hope you and uh, your family have a good Christmas. Thank you. Happy holidays to everybody. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll catch you back after you get back from the holiday break. But for right now, that's all the time we have. We'll catch you back here tomorrow. I'm Troy Shockley, and that's it for Coffee Break today. Be sure to check us out on iTunes. Head on over. Give us a review there. That's always much appreciated. Or swing by coffeebreak959.podbean.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you back here tomorrow.